just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. That head, those headphones earlier. That was my fault. You set me up for failure. I, I did, yeah. I played the long game on that one. Came in this morning, <laughs> unplugged it. You are a true Maoist. <laughs> that, so, is the, that is the, well, the long game. Welcome to, welcome to South Coast. Antonio Gramsci. Welcome, the, welcome to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. We'll be taking your calls tonight at 508-996-0500. We've got a great show for you today. Later on in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by uh, state rep candidate Cameron Costa, who's running in the 9th Bristol District. That's uh, Dartmouth and parts of um, north end of New Bedford. And uh, right now, we're going to be joined by Ian Abram. Now, he was on earlier with uh, Tim today, but we really want to encourage uh, participation and um, engagement and and ho- hopefully getting people getting the right information there. So Ian's going to talk about some of the endorsements he's, he's made in this race. I think we've got some breaking news. And I think we've got some breaking news on another endorsement that he told us he wanted to make here on South Coast tonight uh, in the local races. So uh, here is uh, City Council President of New Bedford, Ian Abreu. Hey, Ian, how you doing? Marcus, Chris, good evening. How are you, gentlemen? Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Mr. President. So uh, we were you were on Tim's earlier today, but we really want to we really want to um, we really want to ham- uh, hammer this home that people should go out and vote uh, in on Tuesday. Early voting had closed. Hopefully, a lot of you had voted already, but I know some of you haven't. Uh, er, uh, voting is on Tuesday. You can check the Secretary of the Commonwealth for your voting uh, pre- uh, for your vote voting precinct. Ian, why is it important to go out and vote? Well, it's important to go out and vote because that's part of our democratic process, right? We've had uh, way too many, far too many uh, veterans of our armed services who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to be able to live in the greatest country in the world and to live in a free uh, democracy and to have free and fair elections. So, uh, and of course, here in the Commonwealth this year in this primary, which is next Tuesday, We have a lot at stake. We have a lot on the ballot. We have a lot of contested races. There's a lot going on and a lot at stake, especially uh, even though we're talking about statewide races, they all have local implications. uh, And uh, we want to make sure we're getting the right people up on Beacon Hill, whether in the legislature or whether in one of the executive offices on the Hill, that's going to do right by New Bedford in particular, because I'm an elected representative of the city of New Bedford. So that's my impetus for wanting to go out and vote, and I want to make sure everybody goes out and vote. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, Independent, Green Party. I don't care what party affiliation you have. Please go out next Tuesday if you haven't already early voted or mailed in your ballot and go vote. It's so important. It really is. And it helps with things like, uh, for example, state funding. Uh, and it helps with things like, for example, when, when you look at issues surrounding um, candidates looking at New Bedford and looking at the South Coast and looking at 
why our initiatives are important. So well, when they go in, when they go vote, right? Um, you have both the Democrat and Republican primaries. The big action right now is on the Democrat side. Um, we've got some local races as well as the statewide races. Yeah. You, you have some breaking news uh, for us here. Um, why don't you tell us exactly what 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 you're, who you're endorsing uh, today for the first time? Sure. So uh, I'm proud to announce that. Uh, I have decided to come out and publicly endorse someone whom I've known for uh, over 10 years, even before I was on the council, someone whom I've dealt with with a lot of Chamber of Commerce, uh, uh, you know, uh, initiatives when he was in the state legislature. Uh, I'm happy to publicly endorse my friend Chris Markey for the 9th ninth Bristol District, I think. Um, you know, and Chris has been a colleague of mine in, in elected government now for the last seven years. I've been on the council experience matters and um i know that he will continue to be a great representative for the ninth bristol for example he was the lead with senator montigny in the state legislature side to make sure that we um repurposed the hundred acre golf course on hathaway road we have to file a home rule petition which i know both of you gentlemen know the story uh very intimately you've covered it at length this doesn't happen without the work of Chris Markey and Mark Montigny on the Senate and the uh, the House side. Um, so, and it was very complex. We had Article 97 complications, and there's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of complexities to something that we had to do. But Chris was able to punch it in through the end zone, and because of the work of Chris Markey, eventually the taxpayers of New Bedford are going to reap the benefits of about three million dollars in new economic tax base growth about a thousand new high paying jobs uh, certainly it was a team effort the city council the mayor a lot of us worked together on this to get it done and we we all i guess can share some of that but believe you me this does not get to where we are right now at the local level if not for the work of chris marking and experience matters and and i encourage all of my friends and supporters and constituents uh in the pockets of ward one which would be up by sasquin pond also by in, in and around Pine Hill Acres and up by the New Bedford Municipal Airport by Old and New Plainville Road. When you go into the ballot box uh, next week on the Democrat side or even independent unenrolled, please consider checking the box of Chris Markey. I, I think he's earned another two years in the state legislature, and I'm happy to stand behind him. That is quite an endorsement. That was quite an endorsement. Um, he, you know, if you, you, you forget the golf course is such an important issue for as, as a um, an economic development job creator, yeah. but you forget that it did take the state legislature to do that, and that was his district. Yeah, yeah. And you forget that that actually, Marcus, that has failed in the past when they tried to do it under Rosemary Tierney. That home rule petition failed. Mm-hmm. So it did require, as, as the city council president Ian Abra was saying, real legislative uh, heft to get that done. Yeah. It, it, it did, and Chris uh, was very engaged with me and the council and the mayor's office the whole time on where the, the home rule petition was sitting, how it was moving along the process. Uh, he was always uh, letting me know where we were, and uh, I see him almost every day downtown walking around. Uh, his office is right near my office, so he and I chat at least four or five times a week about municipal and statewide affairs, and uh, he's just been uh, a good friend. and. Um, nothing against his opponent. He's a fine young man. Um, he's been, you know, very respectful, but, um, this is just my personal opinion based on, um, the dealings that I've had with, uh, Chris Markey. And that's why I wanted to publicly support him, uh, in his race, uh, for next Tuesday.
Excellent. We're speaking with City Council President Ian Ebru. Uh, so that you've endorsed in the uh, locally uh, in the state rep race. You've endorsed Chris Markey, and I think gave a very thorough uh, reason uh, why uh, why you've endorsed him. Now uh, on to the statewide races. You've talked about this a, a bit earlier. You've talked about. I know we've talked about this before. But um, let's go with the lieutenant. Gu- there's there's basically three open races for statewide office. Let's go. Uh, let's let's hit them one at a time. Let's talk about lieutenant governor. You have uh, Eric Lesser, who's a state senator from Longmeadow, which is a suburb of Springfield. You have Tammy Gavea, who's a state rep from Acton, and you have uh, Kim Driscoll, who is the uh, current mayor of Salem and has been since 2005, and before that was a city councilor. So, uh, who have you endorsed in the lieutenant governor's race? Sure. And before we even get to that, you said, you know, you talked about me endorsing Chris Markey locally. And as you guys know, I don't jump into local races other than Ian Abreu on the ballot. So. <laughs> That's true. Right? Yeah. Special person. I've only done this a trivia question for you guys. I've done this only one other time. Do you know the answer to that question? Chris Hendricks. Very good. And he won. You won. You were on fire. Um <laughs> Yes, that's I, right. I, I should have known a political uh, geek like yourself would have known that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, so on the statewide race, I'm probably because he told me in my kitchen. I, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, for the lieutenant governor's race, uh, I, I've been out. It's, this has been out of the bag for uh, since the Portuguese feast, actually. And you were there, Marcus, when uh, I had invited my 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 now good friend Kim Driscoll, the mayor of Salem, yes. to come down and network at the feast, and she there. loved it. And um, this is what happened. Kim had called me uh, earlier in the month before the feast to get to know me and learn about some of the issues that I had had and concerns I've got for New Bedford and where I see the lieutenant governor's position uh, helping a city like New Bedford. And we talked about a lot of things. And Kim and I hit it off right off the bat because we were able to speak municipal talk, if that makes sense. She's been the boots on the ground counselor like I am, and she's also a mayor. So she understands things like making sure infrastructure is safe and sound, making sure your public safety departments of the police, the fire, emergency medical are all fully staffed and they're given all the tools they need to be safe and successful. She understands how to meet a budget and how to be fiscally responsible. So her and I were talking about a lot of these things and it made sense for me to want to endorse her because nothing against her opponents. But they're both legislators, and there's nothing wrong with being a legislator. I'm one myself. Right. But I wanted someone up in the lieutenant governor's office in the executive role who already is an executive. And Kim has that executive experience. And it's very important that her and I have fostered such a good relationship because when she wins, because she's leading in all the polls, and I'm very confident she's going to bring this home next week, and she's got a lot of endorsements as well. But when she does win... I know that I can pick up the phone and I can call her and say, you know, Madam Lieutenant Governor, we need X, Y, and Z. We need some extra funding for this or that, or we've got some concerns. And I know she's going to pick up my call. She's going to return or return the call, and she's going to work with me and us to get it done, just like Karen Polito has done. She reminds me a lot of Karen Polito in that sense, very boots on the ground. And uh, I talked about this when she was at the feast. I said, look, Karen Polito and Charlie Baker – they were here every year for the feast, and it wasn't about politics. You know this, Marcus. Right, yeah. They came out with us. They'd drink some Madeira wine. They'd have some food. They'd listen to music. I want to see you here every year. And she's committed. She said, I love this feast. I'm a first-timer. And I got to tell you, though, the way she shot down the Madeira wine, Marcus, I would think that she was a feast, <laughs> she was a feast uh, veteran. You know, she, she put me to shame. I'll tell you that. Uh, but uh, she's a good woman. 
and uh, she was hanging with a lot of people, and a lot of people uh, in New Bedford were at the feast that day, as you know, that, that afternoon, and they got to meet her, and I was happy to introduce her around, so um, so I'm very proudly endorsing Kim Driscoll for lieutenant governor. Yeah, we, we had her on. Uh, we had her in studio. She was uh, she was great. One of my favorite interviews of the campaign season. She had such depth, yeah. really. She really did. Um, we, I feel people, both Republican and Democrat, can vote for her with confidence in November. It's yeah. very interesting. And not only that, too, but she <clears> had probably one of the best lines I've ever heard in politics. And I've been following it and involved for a long time. She said, there's no such thing as a Democrat or Republican pothole. Right. Yeah, pothole. right. She said I that here. I like she a said good that, line, She too, said yeah. that here, yeah. So, Ian, um, moving on to the uh, auditor's race, that one's fairly close. Uh, that one's fairly close on the Democratic side, the Republican side. I think it's going to be a competitive general election uh, in November. But you have Chris Dempsey. Uh, who is the former assistant secretary of transportation, uh, was a transportation reform advocate, worked for Congressman Joe Kennedy. Uh, you have, on the other side, you have a senator, a state senator from Methuen, Diana DiZaglio, uh, who has been, I would say, a bit of a firebrand in the uh, in the House challenge, calling out leadership when, in her eight years as a rep, um, committing to auditing the legislature. You've made an endorsement in that race as well a long time ago. Uh, who did you endorse in that race? Sure. Um, I was happy to come out and endorse Diana DiZaglio for the auditor's position. I first met Diana actually at the State of the City address at New Bedford High School back in March. She actually sat right next to me at our elected officials table. Yeah. We broke, we literally broke bread together. Okay, we, yeah. we shared a, a role, and we were talking, and, and throughout the lunch, we were chatting about issues and talking about the happenings on the state house, talking about the happenings on the council. We're both legislators, so we're talking about all of that good stuff. And she shared with me her vision for the auditor's office. And I like the fact that she has this, to put it bluntly, I'm going to call it the BS attitude. If there's pork, if there's unethical or illegal activity happening in state departments, we're going to investigate. We're going to call it out. And she talked about her own story, which I believe she's shared with you on this program about when she was sexually accosted and harassed in the state house. And she was basically forced to sign a, a non-disclosure agreement. And she's called, she's called that out. And um, and she's been uh, fighting for that kind of uh, nonsense ever since she's been on the state house. And she's gone after. She's got. She's got guts. I'll tell you that. She's gone after the speaker. She's gone after the Senate president. And she's called people out. And I've got to give her credit for that. And she, uh, you know, I got to tell you, if you're one who uh, is looking for transparent government and good government, and someone who's not backed by the political elite, and someone who's going to be in your corner. You've got to vote for Diana DiZoglio. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, ain't nothing against her opponent. He seems like a very nice man. I met mm -hmm. him as well at the State of the City. Yes. And we shook hands and we I chatted. I remember because I was... Uh I, I'd known Chris before. I said, I, I it was like, hey, Chris, how you doing? And he goes, hey, uh, you know, can you introduce me to some people as a city council here? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I saw you all sitting there, and then I walked him over, and Diana's already there. <laughs> it was that very, was well, it was very awkward. Right? It was very awkward. Actually, Diana actually broke the ice. She's like, this is Chris Dempsey. He's running against me uh, for state auditor. It <laughs> was funny. Uh, it was funny. It was a funny well, interaction. The fact is this. Chris Dempsey is endorsed by the Senate president, the Speaker of the House, 
Mayo Hall of Boston. That should tell you all you need to know about, you know, the right interests of uh, who, who the political elite are aligned with in this race. So um, uh, hopefully, Diana, it's a, it's a tight race. I'm hoping the work that we're doing for her down here, and there's a lot of us locally who have been supportive of her as well. Hopefully, uh, the New Bedford and South Coast vote is enough to move the needle for her because this is going to be a very tight race. Yeah, it really is. The polling's kind of all over the place, and the the leading the leading uh, the leading candidate in the uh, in the in all of the polling is undecided. So uh, we're definitely going to be um, looking forward to that race. So moving on to Attorney General, this one's gotten really hot uh, in the last week or so. Uh, Shannon Liss Reardon has polled uh, in some polls within the margin of error, and other polls ahead. Of uh, and Chandler Liss Rudin's a, a very accomplished labor attorney. You've heard ads here on WBSM of Scott Lang uh, endorsing her for attorney general. She's pulled in some, uh, close to or ahead of Andrea Campbell in some of these polls, but there's still a lot of undecideds out there. Quentin Palfrey recently dropped out and endorsed um, Andrea Campbell. Andrea Campbell was, is, of course, the uh, former city council president, had run for mayor, and now she's running for attorney general and has uh, the enthusiastic support of, of Maura Healy. Um, which, uh, which candidate have you endorsed in that? race. I've also endorsed Andrea Campbell. Similar to Diana, Andrea and I met at the State of the City. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, I'll back up. I met her through former uh, United States Ambassador to Portugal, Bob Sherman. Uh, Right. And and Ambassador Sherman, I knew him through the Kennedy campaign, which we all kind of worked on together in one way or the other. So I got to meet the ambassador. The ambassador is very friendly with Andrea, and he called me about seven or eight months ago and said, hey, you know, I don't know if you know Andrea, I'd love to give her your number so you two could connect. I said, great. So her and I had a nice conversation on the phone. It was kind of brief. I knew the following week or two she'd be at State of the City. So we met at State of the City. We chatted a little bit more, but we really got to talk more after that. We went out to uh, the Green Bean downtown, the coffee shop, and we had a cup of coffee with a few other of my colleagues. And that's where I really... Uh, fell in love with her platform. I thought she was a fantastic yeah. uh, representative of um, the Boston City Council when she was on. She was the city council president, similar to what I am here in New Bedford, council president. So we were able to Are talk you the Andrea Campbell of New Bedford? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> but we had a nice talk about city municipal issues. And a lot of the reasons why I'm backing Andrea is similar to that of Kim. Andrea was also boots on the ground in Boston, so she understands what's going on in municipal affairs, and she's made a pledge to be um, very uh, fair and equitable uh, as uh, as the chief law enforcement officer here in the Commonwealth. But also what really tilted the needle for me is uh, she's pledged to me that she is going to be a, a stalwart and an advocate for our senior citizen population, which is so vulnerable, as we all know, and we know a lot of them get targeted by these nefarious scams uh, and uh, illegal and illicit practices. And she has committed to me that she will do everything in her power from her office to crack down on that kind of stuff. We also talked about the opioid crisis and continuing the work that Maura Healy had started and continued to bring along uh, to hold opioid uh, manufacturers accountable in a court of law and prosecute them. So there's a lot going on. Um, what I liked about talking to Andrea, too, is she wasn't talking about things like national politics. Like we didn't, the president of the United States didn't come up once. We talked about Massachusetts. We talked about New Bedford. We talked about the South Coast. And it seems to me that's where Andrea is focused. It's hyper-focused on being local. Um, 
and you know her and I will text back and forth about things. So she's I, I, similar to Kim and Diana. They're a phone call or a text away at all times, and I think that's good for New Bedford to know that your city council president uh, can pick up the phone and call these uh, very important figures uh, up on Beacon Hill uh, to help address your needs. So. Those are the three endorsements that I've come out with off a statewide race. Yeah, I, I actually, so I have, um, I've met uh, all three candidates now. I guess now it's two candidates, but I've met all three candidates during the course of the campaign. <laughs> and then there was two. And then there were two. Uh, I, I, I uh, met Andrea Campbell a few times. She came down. She had this Gateway Cities tour. She came to Fall River. She came to New Bedford. She was at the State of the City. She was at the feast with um, with Maura Healy, and I got to talk to her for a little bit. Uh, very nice person. Uh, really, Someone that you really do enjoy having a conversation with. And uh, I, I also really liked her um, her staff as well, so um, that's that's definitely that's a really that's a really interesting race, uh, one that we're going to be watching very closely on election night when we're here. Ian, um, uh, Ian, there's one more thing. Yeah, you you, you have a um, a really fun event you're planning, right? That you're involved in. I, I was really impressed when you talked about it on Tim's show today. I think parents and grandparents who are listening to the show right now would want to hear about this. What do you got planned for Halloween? Absolutely. Thank you. And, and, I, and I appreciate you allowing me to repeat it again, because I'm also cognizant your audience is different than Tim's audience. So thank Correct. you. The to elect Ryan Pereira and my campaign committee, as well as a bunch of other local area businesses and unions, uh, New Bedford Firefighters 841, Local 385 and Bass Ready Rooter. Um, we've all decided to come together uh, with myself and Councilor Pereira as the lead to bring back the South End annual Halloween parade for the children of the city. Um, this would be the 53rd annual, actually. We, we had a two-year hiatus due to the pandemic. Uh, folks may remember it used to be put on by the South End Civic Association, but it had gotten shelved because of COVID, but also the South End Civic Association, they really don't have the bandwidth to put it on anymore, to be quite honest with you. So I talked to Councilor Pereira and I said, look, uh, you know, We've got to get this back for the community coming out of the pandemic. These kids need this. Right. Maybe great idea. talking as a dad. It's a great um, idea. Yeah. But so anyway, so it'll be on Monday, October 31st, Halloween. Um, we're going to be meeting at Hazelwood Park, as we always had. We're going to meet there. We're going to congregate at the park. We'll march down to Clegg Field, uh, the, ball, the ball fields on Brock Avenue here in the south end to which all the children, not the adults, the children now, <laughs> so we, we put that out there. Not, it's not for mom and dad, okay? Right. It's for the kids. <laughs> right. uh, they'll all be, they'll be receiving goodie bags of free complimentary candy, thanks in large part to our sponsors. We're also going to have hot cocoa and donuts. And, well, we'll have, we'll have something for the grown-ups. We'll have coffee there, okay, donated by our friends at the Daily Candy Group at Dunkin' Donuts. But um, we're also going to have prizes for the best and scariest costumes. Um, for example, local 841, the New Bedford Firefighters, uh, they already went out and they purchased two bicycles, a boy's bike and a girl's bike with the helmet and the knee pads and all the fixings. So we'll be giving those away um, to, uh, to young children. We'll have a raffle for those, and we'll be giving away gift cards for all these different costume categories. It's going to be a great time. And so, I Ian, is there, is there anything people have to do at the register? What do people have to do ahead of time? Anything or nothing? No, you just show up. Just uh, show up have, on we'll, Halloween. All right, you, what time? 6 p.m. at Hazelwood Park. I will tell you, we have an event on Facebook. So if you go to my Facebook page, just search Ian Abreu up top. I believe 
Fun 107 and WBSM. I think uh, Gazelle and your sister station is going to be sharing it, but um, you can go to the Facebook event right there and you can RSVP through that. I know that that's not a true litmus of who will show up or not, but at least it gives us an idea. Sure, absolutely. Um, so it's a free event. We, I mean, I'll tell you, we put the event up yesterday. We already have 70, I think, 475 RSVPs. So awesome. we're gonna, awesome. we're, it's going to be quite the turnout, and we're excited to bring it back. And um, I've got something coming up for Christmas time as well. But I'll let's let's handle this first, and we'll talk about my my Christmas event for the kids, and my holiday event. Uh, we will do that. Look, we do a lot of politics here. We do a lot of serious things, but it is really all about kids on Halloween night. So I really appreciate this, Ian. I appreciate it too, and I appreciate your words because maybe I see this differently now as a parent. Right, I'm sure but, you do. Um, what but, the hell do I know, do with but, these kids? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, and the, the way I see it, too, uh, Chris and Marcus, the less candy that's out of my house, the right. less I get to eat. So, <laughs> Ian, what, what's your costume? Uh, I knew you were going to ask. I knew it. I knew it. Um, so Tim asked me the same question. Last year, we all went as um, uh, Dalmatians from 101 Dalmatians, and my daughter. Familiar with that movie. Cruella DeVille. Yeah. <laughs> would, would you say? Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. But, um, you know, I, I've always wanted to go with the Coneheads. I love it. I think the Coneheads is a winner. I think the Coneheads is great. I think that's a great costume. You know, um, so I think we're going to do the Coneheads. This Plus, year. it works for radio because there's a, there's a sound component. Do you, if you go as the 101 Dalmatians again, do you have an idea of who can be Cruella DeVille? Because I have a couple ideas. Uh, <laughs> in particular. They're not in his family, though. <laughs> and they're not children. That's a, that's a question for off the record, my good friend. But here's the thing, Ian. The thing I like about Coneheads is you can do that on the radio. There's a very specific voice piece to that yeah costumes don't work as well on the radio because it's visual but with the coneheads it's adaptable to radio so I, my vote is for the radio it's for the coneheads well okay do well, i have a you. vote i, I don't know way, I'll, I'll have you know i googled actually conehead heads and they do exist oh of course they do of course they do i <laughs> probably think that, a, that's probably, probably a minor industry <laughs> it's so a little cottage industry right. for last coneheads. time we did this by the way john mitchell dressed up as the cookie monster so <laughs> I called him out on Tim Weisberg's show. I said, Mr. Mayor, if I'm going to put myself out there and look stupid as a conehead, what are you doing this year? So I'm throwing out a challenge again to... He's going Mayor as the Invisible Man, he told me. The Invisible Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it's it. It's a great costume, right? All right, Ian, we gotta let we got to let you go, but we appreciate you coming on again. Those endorsements that you've made are um, Andrea Campbell for Attorney General, Diana DiZoglio for State Auditor, uh, uh, Kim Driscoll for Lieutenant Governor, and Chris Markey for State Representative in the primary. That's correct, but put that aside, my endorsements for a second, as long as you go out and vote, that's all that happens. Uh, that's all that I ask you to do, just go out and vote, but... Of course, give my friends and those who I'm supporting a little extra look, if you don't mind. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Ian. Ian. That's Appreciate it. To President Ian Aber. Thanks a lot, my friend. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. This is Chris and Marcus on South Coast Tonight. Listen to us live. Well, welcome back to the show. I'm Chris McCarthy. Of course, as always, Marcus Farrow is here, the anchor of the program. And uh, we got, we got a great program. I want to thank City Council President Ian Abreu. Yeah, that was a good segment. Um, you know, here's the thing. We have an iron triangle, and you guys are an important part of it. It's between the local officials... The community events that go on here and the media, and then you folks as voters, you have to get out and vote so that it shows that their time showing up in New Bedford and Greater New Bedford is worth it, right? Yeah. As, as Mayor Mitchell says, 
they can just easily go to Quincy where they know the voters get out, and, right? And uh, and I know if you're listening, you, you're probably a primary voter. There's mm-hmm. a good chance you are. Right. Um, but uh, go finger wag somebody uh, into into voting on Tuesday. Bring someone with you. Look, yeah. you know you know what the best part? I is, took my mom to the poll yesterday. Yeah. Is when you bring someone who wasn't going to vote. You're doubling your power, right? Mm-hmm. You really are. And um, look, there are. If you're a Republican, and I want you to feel left out, if you're pulling the Republican ballot, I do. I you, want you um, to feel left out. you've got some options. You've got, um, you'll have a lot of options in November, but you've got some options now. You got the congressional race. We had Jesse Brown. He came down like the other candidates. He sat right here next to Marcus and I, answered our questions and your questions for an hour. Jesse Brown is is a veteran of the Marine Corps, business owner. He's running for the, for Congress. He'll get the op- if should he win, he'll get the opportunity to face off against Bill Keating. We'll have Bill in later, um, in the year. Well, even before, before, you know, before the November election. We're going to have everybody back, right? But you've got, you've got some, I don't want you to it's not like, to vote. What I'm saying is, if you're a Republican can't, if you're a Republican voter, you have reasons to go to the polls and you should go. If you live in Fairhaven and parts of New Bedford, you'll have, and Mattapoisa and Marion and Rochester, um, you have even part of a Kushnet. You have the state representative race. You have a Dr. Swift, and you have Bob McConnell on the Republican side for state rep. Whoever wins that goes on to lose to Bill Strauss. Yeah. Then you have, <laughs> then you have, um, but but Bill Strauss or, has his own or, primary, or, or, or right? Rick Chappelle, or Rick Chappelle, yeah. Or Rick they have their own, their own. They have the Democrat side. So if you're an unenrolled yeah. voter in Fairhaven, Mattapoisett, Marion, you have a choice to make it to what ballot you pull. And I know that there's, I know that there's, um, there's local, there's uh, members of the local Republican town committees that are, I think, um, enthusiastic about having a Republican primary and fielding. Uh, look, it's very fielding, important. Yeah, and fielding a candidate at least because a lot of these candidates do run unopposed. Right, and look, it's good to have opposition for all of us. So then, of course, we still have the governor's race and lieutenant's governor's race at the top of the Republican ticket. Really, I don't think there's much of a choice, but there is for some of you. Jeff Deal versus uh, Chris Doty. Look, the reality of it is, is you're selecting the candidate you think best can go up against Maura Healy. Not the candidate that warms your heart the most. Not the candidate that's been with you all the time. I mean, because look, Jeff Deal's been around a while, but quite frankly, if you're avoiding Howie Carr, you're not going to be a Republican candidate. You're not going to be a strong one. Chris Doty's got the personal finance, the personal story, and the ability, I think, to put in a, a strong campaign against Maura Healy. Well, he's not avoiding. He's not necessarily avoiding how he's planting collars to 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 harass, to harass Howie, Howie, right? Yeah. And, and you had Chris Doty in the other. other I day. did. He was. What'd you think? He was. He was good. Yeah. Uh, he he was. Um. He was fine. I think he presented himself well. I think he he did a good job presenting himself as you know that moderating voice as a check against in. Uh, Democratic supermajority legislature, you know, I I, uh, I am who I am, so it's not somebody you know I'm going to cast a vote for. But I know there's a lot of independent voters that will, right? So absolutely, um, that would if he if he were to decide if he were to win the primary, I, I you know I, I can't say the same for um, for Deal. So I thought he did I thought he did well, and he's uh, you know just talking to him off the air uh, and even on the air is a remarkably nice person. You know what's going to be interesting is what impact. Do the people have who are unenrolled mm-hmm. who pull a Republican ballot rather than a Democrat ballot, particularly in some of these state rep contested races, right? That you can't vote in both. So are there people who want to vote for the Republican candidate for governor, 
who would have, under normal circumstances, called in yesterday. pulled a Democrat ballot. Someone called in yesterday and, and, and uh, talked about, uh, expressed a frustration at the fact that uh, they want to vote in the state rep race. Um, uh, specifically, so they wanted to vote for Rick uh, Trapillo, okay. state rep race. They live in Fairhaven. Right. But they also want to vote in the Republican governor's race. <laughs> I want it all. And they can't do both. And I talked about, like, there should be, he said there should be a unified unenrolled ballot where you can just fill in one option. Um, I said it was an interesting idea, but uh, I don't know if you, you, I, you might know more about how that might work practically than I do. I think that, um, here's what people forget. Being a party member is very specific. So the Republicans are nominating their candidate. Yeah. The Democrats are nominating their candidate. Yeah. For November. The fact that you're unenrolled and get to vote in a primary of a political party is quite frankly an anomaly in Massachusetts. Yeah. Right? So I don't agree. I understand what the person's saying. I want to do it all, but but you don't get that choice. I, I get the I get the idea what you're saying. And I was like, you're basically you're being invited into this house or that house. Exactly. Right? You're not a member, but you're being invited for this one up op- you have this one opportunity. Correct. Correct. I get that now. And the shenanigans that would go on if you didn't if you did it that way would be incredible. <laughs> you know, true. here's the thing, folks. Yeah. How about you just go it would vote? Make party rating Listen, easy. We don't need to change the way we do it. Stop. Just go vote. Right. Yeah. We have a hard enough time getting people to vote, Marcus. Never mind throwing another another. And I get where the person's coming from. And I, I appreciate it. thinking outside the box. Um, but let's just go vote. Mm-hmm. If you're unenrolled, sorry, you have to select Republican or Democrat. And you've got a nice, fee- you know, I'll tell you what. In the past, it's been, you know, so we have a, on the DA side, we've got that race on the Democrat side. I mean, there's such a do bounty we, of riches. Do, do <laughs> there's you, such a bounty of riches. Are you sure? <laughs> well, <do> you want <laughs> Come on, come on. I'm trying to hype it up a little bit. <laughs> I know, but. Uh, you got to tell them what's coming there's up. There's a difference ring. between. You got to, listen. There's you, a the difference ring between showmanship and, and just flat out misleading people. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be responsible. Look, I'm just... <laughs> Let people know that they're in fact it's not a TA. The next race. ten has the bearded lady. <laughs> Up next, levitation. <laughs> so, oh um, so Marcus, we have um, we have a, a bounty of riches this year, and I think that's good. And of course, we do. It's it's a it's a very active. Uh, it's a very active election season, more active than most of them have been. And most of them, frankly, will be going forward because you're not going to see three open statewide races again next go around. So. so here's a very interesting thing. The Democrats might nominate, and I don't see how they don't do it, an all-woman ticket. Mm-hmm. An all-female ticket. Yeah. And likely, likely that will be the, gov- that will be the governing group of people. Yeah. I mean, the Republicans are putting up. Well, they, Omari's they, a good, strong candidate. Yes, but I can I can foresee an all female, all Democrat leadership ticket. Yep, for the entire state of Massachusetts. Yeah, and the first in the nation. Yeah, that would really We've be something. We've never seen anything like that to have an entire state's leadership be all female, all Democrat. Right. Yeah. No. It's it it, it is really something. God, uh, thank God, Ferris doesn't call anymore. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> all right. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. 
1420 WB. Welcome. Didn't break up that marriage. Five zero eight. Who are we talking about? You'll never know. Five zero eight nine. Can only guess zero five hundred. And whatever you guess, that's the correct answer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, um, so we've got Cameron Costa coming up next. Yeah, he'll be in soon. Uh, he is the candidate for the. Ninth Bristol District. He's running against Chris Markey. Uh, that is the again Dartmouth and the uh, parts of the North End of New Bedford. We'll also be taking your calls if you want to call in or message on the app chat uh, and have if you have a question for Cam or a comment about the race, you can at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. That's how you can get on. Um, I think that's it's going to be a fun interview. I do. You know, Chris Markey's racked up a lot of. Uh, Really good endorsements here in the in the final uh, part of the election. Of course, the only endorsement that matters is on election day. But he's mm-hmm. picked up the endorsement of you know, um, Scott Lang. Mayor Scott Lang sat here and endorsed him. Yeah. Um, he uh, he picked up the. This is a very rare rare situation. Yeah. The existing governor Charlie Baker endorsed him, and the uh, likely coming governor uh, Healy, yeah. Democrat uh, Attorney General Healy, um, also endorsed him. Which I don't think we've ever seen that before, Marcus, right? A Republican and a Democrat endorsing a state rep candidate? Yeah, right. The outgoing and the incoming likely governor? Yeah. Very no, I, I thought it was Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. So, uh, you know, and, and Cameron Cost has gotten endorsements from local activist organizations and labor unions. Uh, and so uh, I'm really interested to see, um, you know, how this how this unfolds on Tuesday and, and what Cameron has to say about um, about his campaign. Um, again, I... Uh, it's it's I think good that um that there's people out there trying. So look, I remember when I was Cameron's age, I ran for the state house. All right. Mm-hmm. So the um I see a lot of him and me. We just you know different issues, things like that. But you're a young guy. You, you think you can, you know you know what, what you want to do. You think you see some problems. You want to try to correct them. Um, the voters thought better of electing me, but uh, but I came back for another race and ran and, and got elected. So yeah, um, that could very well happen. It here. could very well happen. He he might he might recognize mm-hmm. that. There's some things he, he, or, he didn't do right. Or, you know, or he could win on Tuesday. Right, yeah, right, right. There might be some things he says, boy, if I if I could do it again, I'd do it this way. Yeah. Maybe I'd run for something different. Maybe I'd run in a different area. But um, we're going to, you know, it's all come to come to be seen. But I think we've got to give the kid well, there, credit. There's some younger people running in the state rep races. You've got um, Evan Gendro, too. Evan Gendro, another young guy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's happened before. Um you think about, uh, you know, Biff and McLean, I, I think Biff McLean doing, was young when he got elected. And I think Evan Gendro is doing a good job. Bill Keating was, was around their age when he when he first ran. Yep. Yeah. Um, George Rogers was pretty young when he got elected. Biff McLean was pretty young when he got elected. Um, you you know, J. Louis LeBlanc, uh, which is before your time, Marcus, got elected very young Jay's to the North Korea. End. Jay's Korea. Um, Jay's Korea got elected, right? 508-996-0500. Alex Morse in uh, in Holyoke, just naming everybody. Not now. name everyone a scandal. <laughs> Keep us good e- good evening. You're live. Hi, my name is Johnny Wendell. How hey, my man, you? Johnny. Um, Chris, I know you're familiar with the Eric Pashel case. Oh man, I can't believe it. So give me, all right, so Eric, I, Eric Pashel was murdered in Fall River. Remember the Sidewinders Club firefighter from the Vineyard? His 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 the guy who murdered him was found innocent tonight. Yesterday. Oh wow! Shot in the back of the head. How did they, I don't know how it happens. I, I I don't know. I I I wasn't at the trial. I didn't see it. But apparently, um, from what I, I gather, that um, Mr. No, who was the defendant, um, was getting his ass beat by more than one person, 
and then uh, <clears throat> ran to his car, retrieved his legally uh, licensed gun. And when he came back, I guess his uncle was taking a beating. And uh, so he fired into a crowd. And, uh, you know, one hit Eric in the back of the head. Another round had hit one of his uh, club members, somebody on his side. He'd actually shot one of his own guys oh. into the crowd. But uh, I guess... Uh, was, it, was that a jury trial? It was a jury trial. It was, hey, Johnny, listen, we're going to take a hot break. we got to oh, call okay. us back in the, in the 9 o'clock hour. Can you call hour. us back in the 9 o'clock hour? We can talk about this. It's thanks, thanks, brother. All right, yeah. thank you. Thank you very much. All right, 508-996-0500. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. 1420 WBS. Chris McCarthy, of course, Marcus Farrow is here as well. Welcome to South Coast tonight. So um, I want to thank Ian Abreu for, for joining us earlier. And coming up next in the next hour, as well advertised, Cameron Costa, a fantastic young man who's running for the Democrat nomination for Dartmouth and New Bedford to state representative against Chris Markey. The fighting ninth. The right. ninth person district. <laughs> the fighting ninth. <laughs> so uh, we'll be talking with Cameron for the hour. You're going to give us a call at 508 508- 996-0500. I want to tell you, folks, while they're both Democrats, there are real differences between, um, I was going to call him Congressman Markey, but um, between <laughs> between State Representative Markey and Cameron Costa, the candidate, there are real differences and in I, the Democrats. And I'm, I'm sure Cameron's going to highlight those differences when we uh, when we talk to him coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Of course, we're, gonna, we're taking your calls at 508-996-0500. We're taking your messages, too, on the WBSM uh, app chat, uh, sometimes regret- regrettably, um, but we are taking them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, The yeah. keyboard warriors. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a lot of fun interviewing these uh, candidates for office and uh, we're looking forward to talking to, with uh, Cameron uh, again in the 8 o'clock hour after news. Just stay tuned for the news uh, and on the other side we'll be joined by State Representative Candidate Cameron Costa here on WBSM. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. See you soon.